0: welcome to the mental health in schools podcast designed and delivered by anna bateman
1: hello and welcome to our second series of the podcast for mental health leads once again in this second series i'm thrilled to have sponsorship from two national organizations cpoms and jigsaw pshe in this first episode we hear from kerry hall a mental health lead at malvern saint james school which was recorded over Zoom. She provides practical, easy to implement ways of supporting staff and pupils whilst in isolation, and then when widening to more pupils.
0: First, a quick word from our sponsors. At Jigsaw PSHE, we believe that personal development and strategies to build mental well-being need to be taught and not left to chance. Jigsaw, the mindful approach to PSHE, leads the way in providing children and young people with its acclaimed, well-structured and developmental lesson-a-week learning experience in PSHE from ages 3 to 16. Detailed lesson plans and all the teaching resources needed, along with free updates and ongoing support, make Jigsaw an invaluable, relevant and fresh resource, taking the worry out of PSHE planning written by teachers for teachers and mindfulness philosophy and practice underpins the whole program statutory government requirements for relationships health and sex education are amply covered for more information go to www.jigsawpshe.com or call at jigsawhq. now to the podcast
1: so um uh... Um, I'd like to welcome Kerry Hoare uh, today, who is being interviewed by me for the podcast for Mental Health Leads in Schools. Kerry is the Deputy Director of um, Boarding, but also the Mental Health and Wellbeing Lead at uh, Malvern St James School, which is an independent school uh, for girls, uh, but it's a through school, so it's for ages 4 to 18. And I'm really thrilled that Kerry's joining me today. We are um, working remotely, aren't we, Kerry? yeah that's right <laughs> so I'm delighted that you're joining me today um, to really share um, your um, experience and you know the way that your school has approached mental health but particularly I think our focus today is how we can support the mental health of students when we're sort of in this uh, you know this situation and we're all sort of in lockdown and schools are closed so thank you so much for joining me today
2: it's my pleasure thank you so much for having me
1: so just thinking about that then, Kerry, when we're thinking about mental health um, and the sort of the approach that your school takes, I think, is is wonderful in the sense that it really, obviously, the academic performance is really important. But that you've got a, a real strong feature around, um, you know, developing students um, beyond that. So if it's arts or sport or engineering or something else, that, that's really their passion, that the school really tries to
2: embrace that.
1: So how, it, how, you, how does that, how do you think that might help your school and, and mental health in your role?
2: So, yeah, I mean, we really recognise that young people, in order for them to achieve their best, in order for them to thrive academically or generally in life, we have to prioritise their mental health and wellbeing. That has to come first. Mm. And so it's been a real journey for us over the last few years. But we have now got to a place where wellbeing is a common language, where it's integrated completely throughout the school, and it's also wellbeing is used as a lens through which We look at all strategic decisions, whether that's regarding staffing, whether it's regarding changes to the school day or the curriculum or whatever. Wellbeing is there in the background or in the foreground, I should say, kind of acting as, you know, that that kind of lens through which we see and make decisions. And it's been um, really important for us. We, like I say, we really recognise the need for prioritising young people's mental health and well-being because that's when we see the best in them. And yeah, we're, We're really into supporting students holistically. So it's about nurturing the individual. Everybody's completely unique. That goes without saying, of course. But actually, you know, it's really important as a school that we reflect that and we embrace every young person as an individual. So whether that's about embracing different people's values, embracing, supporting the way in which people learn and the way in which people are driven. And, you know, obviously supporting various different passions throughout the school. And that's really important to us. Mm. And
1: how was that, how with your role, so you, and I, I love the phrase, you know, the lens that in which you use and that does translate then into a common language, doesn't it, that mm-hmm. then really I think what you're describing feeds down from leadership. So is it as part of your discussions that you have that, like I guess at the forefront of the decisions that you're making, have you got any examples where you've done that, where you've had to perhaps influence the leadership team, put that lens on, <laughs> reuse that lens and actually then start making decisions for the best in terms of well-being.
2: Yeah, so I can give you a really recent example, actually. One of the things that we noticed, like many schools, we're not closed. And uh, we didn't particularly close over the Easter holidays, if you can call it that. But certainly when we came back in full force after the Easter holidays, obviously that first week was really quite intense. So we are delivering a full timetable. A lot of the lessons are being delivered live. So our teachers are under huge amounts of pressure to kind of adjust to this new way of teaching, to take on board all of this new technology and restructure their lessons to be delivered remotely. So there's a lot for them to be getting their heads around. And through one of the functions that we've set up, which we can talk about later to kind of check in on how things are going, it became apparent to us that actually what had happened in that first week back after Easter was everybody was getting back into work mode. And it meant that certain key people, in order to stay in line with compliance sent out a few emails requesting different bits and pieces and none of it was massive it was all kind of stuff that was needed so for example we needed to do a quick risk assessment for working from home you know little bits like that but yeah. what happened was it all came in quite a short space of time and it was at a time like I say when the teachers were just getting back into the groove of kind of coming back to the start of term and adjusting again mm-hmm. into that remote way of working and teaching and we got some feedback that actually that was a little bit overwhelming and not doing great things for people's mental health for our staff's mental health and so went straight to the head and said look this has come up I think it's probably you know a bit of an issue if we're sending things out all in one go and straight away she agreed that that wasn't okay really understandable that teachers were feeling overwhelmed in those circumstances and actually went away and developed a way of being more strategic about how those requests are made and how things are communicated Mm. with our staff during this tricky time Mm. so those things are being drip fed and they're being spread out over time and that's just An example from the last couple of weeks.
1: That's brilliant isn't it? Firstly you felt that staff could go to you and sort of you know describe what the challenges were but that your head was then willing to listen but not just that but act very quickly in the best interest of staff.
2: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, as I was saying about, you know, recognising that our young people don't achieve their very best when their mental health and well-being isn't locked after. Same goes for staff, doesn't it? We need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can in order to support our staff through this incredibly challenging time. It's such a cliche, isn't it, at the moment, this challenging time, <laughs> yes. but it's true. It's uh, so but, unique. I mean, it's unique to all of us, adults and,
1: and students. There's just never, ever, there's never been a time like it, has there?
2: No and let's hope never won again. Mm, yeah let's hope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's one of the ways in which you can you sort of helping remotely so considering staff well-being which obviously as you say translates then to student well-being. Are there any other things that you've had to quickly sort of turn around or put in place that you think has been really beneficial that you could share for other schools?
2: Yeah absolutely so I think the biggest thing that we've put in place and the most powerful thing that we've put in place is that we've been sending out weekly check-ins. So they're online forms. We use Microsoft forms, but there's lots of different ways that you can do that. And it's maybe a 20-second job to fill it in. And that gets sent out into everybody's inboxes every Monday so it's to staff and to pupils. And it gives a kind of multiple choice option of how are you feeling? And you can say great, okay, or low. And then there's an opportunity to write something about how you're feeling in a comment box and then there's an opportunity to say would you like a check-in from somebody and then you can choose who you want your check-in from Mm -hmm. so the options for students are you can have a check-in from a pastoral lead so that's our director of pastoral care or me Mm -hmm. you can have a check-in from your head of year your tutor or a peer. So we've got some pastoral prefects who've been doing some of that for us too. And, mm. and then for staff, the options are slightly different. So again, we've got staff wellbeing champions, who that's another kind of peer support option, or you can hear from your line manager. And that's worked really well for several reasons, really. The first is it's given us an opportunity to kind of temperature check the general feeling of the school community yeah so with the kind of are you feeling great okay or low it's helped us to track things over time so both as a community and for individuals so noticing when somebody's been great 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 suddenly low or when they've been transitioning kind of over time and it's given us an opportunity to stay connected as well so people have felt able to say yeah I'd really like to hear from somebody and people have done that for lots of different reasons some just because they fancied a chat some because they were struggling with a particular issue and some because you know they're going through the mill with things at the moment and they need a bit of support and you know it's been a fantastic tool for us and it's given us lots of it's given us a real insight into how the school community is coping and managing whilst we're all kind of working remotely. That is fantastic and I think
1: the challenge we have when we don't know those things is that we can almost invent them in our mind about how people are getting on, and then that's yes. almost kind of it's not helpful when we're trying to plan support or like you said sense check what's going on that's um, so and,
2: true. I, and I think yeah. creating
1: that sense of community is fantastic because we have lost that and we're all you know what's so unique about this situation is we are all in the same boat, but it's not we're not all experiencing this in the same way. Mm-hmm. And what you've done there is giving people the opportunity to, again, thinking about people's uniqueness to be able to say, well, actually, yeah, I need some support. Yeah. Um, so how have you managed the sort of the workload for staff around that then? if they, So say you had quite a few students asking for, you know, a check-in that week or staff wanting that. Has that been overwhelming at any point? Or is it, or is it just sort of naturally, you know, have you've been able to manage it?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. It's been pretty manageable for us, actually. We've been able to delegate things appropriately. And we've just, I guess, been really lucky in that those people who've been asking for check-ins have selected lots of different options for who they'd like to hear from. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, for example, because there's the option of hearing from your form tutor or from, you know, your head of year or for staff from their line manager, that's a whole host of different people that are able to offer that. So, so far, no, it hasn't been overwhelming. That's good.
1: (laughs) But I'm sure you would been um, on it if it
2: had been. No absolutely and I think the other important thing to say is we've been particularly mindful we've recruited our new prefect team so they hand over about I think they did it last week so our new pastoral prefect who's just taken up the role is exceptional right. um, and she's absolutely the perfect person to have as our pastoral prefect mm. with all the going on she's absolutely super but um, we've been really careful to make sure that she has really good supervision she's trained so we offer youth mental health first aid training to our sixth form as an enrichment option and she's had that training yeah and we've been really carefully monitoring the load that that potentially puts on her too so mm-hmm. it's about making sure that there's a balance and making sure that nobody's kind of overwhelmed with yeah. the helping or the receiving if that kind of makes sense
1: yes absolutely and as I'm sure you're aware and probably listen to other podcasts it's quite a passion of mine to to involve students but as in an age-appropriate way with the right support with the right training you know knowing that they've got supervision themselves and they're not overwhelmed themselves is is a perfect model for that to work and that sounds like it's working well
2: yeah absolutely absolutely and the other thing that we've done quite a lot of is is try to kind of keep people's morale up so there's been lots of fun stuff we've done some silly videos uh, with a pass the ball challenge and we've created a an msj united playlist and our pastoral prefect actually is running a self-care challenge at the moment so we can earn house points for doing different acts of self-care each day that's great Yeah, so there's loads of kind of fun stuff going on too, which is kind of keeping everybody's spirits up and keeping everybody
0: connected. And now a short break to hear from our sponsors. CPOMS is an online system for schools to manage pastoral concerns and events and is now used by over 10,000 schools. The main reason it works so well is that the categories of information of school logs on CPOMS are chosen by the school. So, that the concerns you face that are unique to your community or individuals can be logged accordingly. It saves a huge amount of time compared to doing things on paper. Chronologies for pupils or school wide reports can be generated quickly. The Service Point Support Team provide an incredible standard of service and one of the main reasons that CPOMs are spread by word of mouth to so many schools. For more information, Go to www.cpoms.co.uk, where you can also book a demo for your school. Now back to the podcast.
1: In terms of perhaps students who were already accessing services in school for mental health, how have you been able to, to support them?
2: Yeah, really good question. Uh, We have a pastoral meeting every week and before we knew that schools were definitely closing we were sort of anticipating that coming so we were identifying those students who were going to need that extra support straight away. So we're a boarding school and we do have students who struggle more at home than they do at school and so kind of making sure that we were bolstering them at making sure that they knew where they could go for help and so on. But we our, our support whatever support they had before has continued digitally. So mm-hmm. for example, our school counselor has offered everybody that she would usually see online appointments so whether that's face to face or by email or over phone students have been able to carry on accessing those services and for those students who I meet with and mentor each week that continued we use um, uh, Microsoft Teams um, but there's obviously lots of different platforms that you can use for those sorts of things so all of that has continued and also our form tutors have made sure that they've seen and had a quick chat with all of their tutees we've been really fortunate in that we're a school of a size that's able to do that so you know I feel really confident that those who we knew were vulnerable are being really well supported but I suppose the challenge is also identifying those students who perhaps weren't identified as vulnerable before or people that we would have been worried about before that might be really struggling now and I think that's probably something that all schools are struggling with at the moment yeah
1: Yes. And I think whilst, you know, what's great is you've had your sense check in place. So you've got some awareness and then obviously some follow up. There is always, isn't there, that concern of of those that we don't know about or can't mm. see or perhaps, you know, were OK before lockdown and, and now struggling. Mm. Um, and I think it is a concern for all schools as is you know how things will be when we come back together.
2: Yeah absolutely and I think it's just something that we need to think about kind of being prepared for when you know when we do end up back in session.
1: Mm. So um, this is probably I don't know how much thought you've given to sort of the bereavement and loss side of your school office so a lot of the schools that I support there's a sort of a slight fear or, or panic that that they're being looked to the mental health leads to be able to provide support around bereavement and loss Mm. um, at this time. And it's such a sensitive subject. And I think there's just, you know, it's a little bit overwhelming, I think, for mental health needs to sort of hold that. Is that something that you've planned for at school at all? Or is that, you know, is that part of your, your thinking moving forward? Or where does that sit within your work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately we're sort of thinking about bereavement and loss with a sense of anticipation I suppose but I think we're thinking of it in a much wider context so yes there's a strong chance that we will be managing bereavement and loss for individuals who've lost relatives or friends or people within the school community that's a a distinct possibility but also there's a huge sense of grief around the life that we've lost and the way of being and I know for our year 11 and our year 13 students they are just completely adrift mm. that sense an overwhelming sense of grief and you know your bo- world suddenly bottoming out from under you mm. with the kind of removal of their exams so I think it's a much bigger picture than just con- kind of concerning ourselves with people who've lost somebody dear to them, yeah. and. I think it's a very personal approach in the sense that each school knows their own communities and will need to have a think about how to respond to that collectively. So it's worth, as mental health leads, being prepared for the practicalities. And I don't want to kind of diminish the feelings and emotion side of things. But actually, as mental health and well-being leads, we're really good at that. Yeah. Actually, do we know what we say to the press? Do we know who we talk to? in terms of our internal structure Mm. do we know how information is going to be shared with our school community with parents Mm. have we thought those things through because those are the things that you don't want to be floundering over if and when that situation arises Mm. and actually having those things in place having all of the practical stuff automated means that you can really focus on supporting people's emotional responses when if and when that time comes Mm,
1: I think you're absolutely right because we do need that kind of the the foresight of policies and strategy for systems and processes to be in place and my experience is unless a school has actually gone through a bereavement either of a staff member or child they tend not to have a policy in place or you know a policy Or system that sits within obviously the mental health policy about how a school will approach you know social media the press Mm. um, who will we tell first who you know uh, I think bereavement UK whether you've come across it's a fantastic document that we use in a lot in training Mm. um, that really sort of helps to understand the cultural aspect of it and really guides schools through so I'll put this into on the website uh, as a link um, but I don't know whether that's something you've come across but we've we've used it quite a lot as a great reference point for schools to start there's also obviously through curriculum there's there's books and stories that are always really helpful uh, when we're talking about uh, i'm thinking bereavement particularly but i think you know what's what you've alluded to is it isn't just about bereavement and it is about the loss the Mm -hmm. loss of endings and, you yeah. know, we need good endings to to help us transition to the next part of life. And you're right, the year 11s and 13s, all the work that they've put in that they now can't represent through an exam. And, yeah. you know, what's going to happen with the the celebration at the end, you know, it's all yeah. so unknown. And, and then obviously the loss for some students of being able to you know, access to normal things that would help their mental health. You know, I mean, personally, you know, I love going to the gym and it's been really difficult to, to you know, not be able to go and do those things. So you're absolutely right. It isn't just mm. grievance, it's the loss that we've all experienced.
2: Yeah, I, I shared something on our School Wellbeing social media last week about you have to feel it to heal it. And, and basically, you know, it's about not suppressing those emotions, not judging those emotions when they come up, actually just let them sit, let them be, notice them, name them, and you know respond to them with a bit of curiosity and compassion and actually just sitting with those feelings letting them be letting them come and go instead of trying to suppress them or or push them down is the way that we need to be encouraging all our school communities (laughs) to deal with the roller coaster of emotions that everybody is experiencing at the moment
1: and I think also there's a bit of a risk isn't there that when we come out of this situation and school's are opening further and allowing more children to to be a part of the community there that um we suddenly go back to business as usual because it's it's what we know it's what's safe you know we know how to teach a lesson and we know how to do that Um, and you know i think as mental health leads you know of course we we know how to make sure that students don't suppress those feelings because it's important I think for the rest of the school, um, for our staff, it's, it's, it's quite anxiety provoking. You know, what do we do on that first day back? How do we, what's that first week look like? And I, I think I read a really lovely article about um, ensuring that we, you know, we don't use deficit language. We don't sort of go in with this, right, we must catch up. We must do this. We've missed all that. Yeah. And actually we remove all that. And we come in on that human, as you've described, that sort of human contact of, wow, look what we've been through
2: yeah absolutely so I was
1: just wondering about that sort of coming back together and whatever that looks like and obviously it's highly unlikely that suddenly the whole school community will be back together it will be staggered I'm sure have you have you in the leadership team thought about what that might look like and from a mental health perspective and, and sort of any practical elements really
2: obviously we don't know what that's going to look like yet until maybe later this week or next week and that will obviously be the start but we can pretty much guarantee there'll be a staggered return like you say and I think that's going to bring its own new challenges Mm. and so we're likely to have some students at home and some students at school aren't we and I think the first thing to think about when we're thinking about that actually is how do we safeguard teachers well being as they transition to yet another new way of working (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just as we've got to grips with acing those online lessons all no, no. In, you know everything's thrown up in the air again yeah. And you know this what we're asking of teachers is huge yeah. and you know they are really rolling with the punches at the moment and I, yeah. I don't know what you think this is a bit of a personal opinion but you know people in education although it's an ever-changing field tend to be people that don't like change very much and so
1: you yeah know, we, we love the, the bells don't we we love no, the, the routine
2: our yeah. routine yeah. yes of course and um, so what we're asking of teachers throughout this process is absolutely huge and with that actually just as a little aside to that I think when we're thinking about looking after staff mental health it's really important that we check in with our senior leadership team mm. now and moving forward they are making tremendously difficult decisions on a daily sometimes hourly basis mm. and so how are they being supported what supervision do they have so it's really important well-being isn't hierarchical is it no not at <laughs> all no no Is that for us all yeah
1: yeah I've done a few training sessions of webinars on it because yeah there's a gap there is a gap with all the new offset framework and everything it's all mm-hmm. focused around staff well-being and actually in the governor's handbook and governor myself and it's guidance that we ask we have a, we have a nominated governor for well-being but it's not statutory no, so you've got a real gap you're absolutely right who is yeah. looking after the SLT
2: yeah, and I think thinking about kind of returning to school as well, the other thing to consider is bolstering up your DSL. We know that there's been an increase in domestic violence. We could speculate as to the figures of abuse. And so um, we can anticipate quite a lot for them to pick up when we get back. So what supports and structures are in place for your DSL? You know, are they prepared for what is potentially going to be Quite a lot of work when the pupils do start coming back in.
1: Ah, what a great idea. Because yeah, there's was some data around 50% drop in safeguarding referrals for some local authorities. Mm. That doesn't mean that 50% drop in um safeguarding issues, does it?
2: No, certainly not. So
1: no, that's so what kind of things do you think a school could do from that point of view to bolster the the, the DSLs?
2: I think a good starting point perhaps would be to remind the rest of the staff of what the signs and symptoms to look out for are you know a bit of a refresher training so that things are getting picked up quickly making sure that I don't know different schools have different setups so you know what can be delegated to deputy DSLs who can take on different sections of that role how can you make that process as slick and as straightforward as it possibly can be in order to make sure that you're not hitting obstacles when you do need to start making referrals or do need to be calling family front door or whatever it may be yes
1: so building capacity so why you know building capacity of the team yeah. even widening the team for a short period of time perhaps but then obviously mm. you know reminding all staff what they're looking for
2: absolutely yeah. yeah and i think when we're thinking about coming back you know rejoining as a school community something that we can be doing now to prepare for that as mental health and wellbeing leads and something that I think will make a huge difference to schools is we can be petitioning our local authorities and MPs that Ofsted and ISA hold off on inspections for a little while please <laughs> I know that that's being recommended by various different organisations but I think the more that we can do the more that we can shout about that the bigger the difference that, that will make is can you imagine coming back on that first week second week and then being faced with an inspection, I think that would just be really detrimental to getting into some sort of new norm.
1: Yes, it doesn't model empathy, does it? I think when our, you know, I always think, as, you know, as, as leaders, as mental health leads, we're, we're modelling, aren't we? How we mm. show empathy to staff and therefore staff show empathy to students. Yeah. And we've got to say that that's got to be the same with Ofsted and, and our leaders from, a, from the DfE. That mm, that has absolutely. got to, you know, that it's got to be an empathic approach to yeah. uh, when we start those. So yes, definitely, um, um, yeah, lobbying, definitely. <laughs> so that's a good one <laughs> and then we forget the wider context sometimes in school don't we it's kind of like you've know, got so much to do that we forget that wider context of actually yes let's uh, really consider the importance of that and trying to halt Ofsted for the time being
2: yeah and you know as mental health and well-being leads we're sometimes that lone wolf aren't we Well, two things to say about that, really. First of all, is that together our voice is super loud um, and we have quite a lot of clout. And, you know, nationally now, with all of this going on in lockdown, mental health and well-being has been given a bit of a makeover and people are seeing a different side of it. People are starting to recognise that, yes, this is something of import. And the other thing to say is, you know, for yourself as a mental health and well-being lead, connect with your tribe. So, you know, reach out to local schools and see if you can touch base with other local pastoral leads you know mm. what can you share can you share best practice can you share resources how mm. can you support each other can you just have a chat yeah um, you know. yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and because you because sometimes you find that you know the same things are happening and it's like well okay how have you solved it well we're yeah. not sure but let's have a chat what do you think
2: yeah and it's just nice isn't it you know there's something about kind of you know it's a bit like what you're offering here Anna, is that that opportunity to talk to people who get it every school I'm sure has that one person that wangs on about well-being all the time it's me at my school and luckily they're very used to it and look at me fondly when I do it but um...
1: <laughs> that's good <laughs> um, not the eye rolling then that some some mental health leads
2: yeah. get no well yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> but you know isn't it it's a really magical moment when you get to connect with people who get it so I would say you know especially at the moment when you know people are going to be looking to you as a mental health and well-being lead in a school reach out the other way to do that are you know Twitter is incredible there's really amazing networking opportunities on Twitter Mm. and some really inspiring accounts that you can follow I magpie all of my best ideas um, from what other people are doing absolutely Um,
1: magpieing is perfect
2: yeah and it's about cheerleading each other isn't it you know getting in each other's corner and you know we're all doing a blimmin brilliant job so you know it's about kind of backing each other and 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 get behind that. Yes,
1: yeah. And, and when I've done some facilitated discussions and interviews, as it were, in this loosest term, with with staff in school to kind of sometimes to sense check when you know schools say, you know, we would, we just want you to chat to staff and find out how how they're feeling and really how things are, are with their well being and how we could improve things. And that's that one thing that I've noticed always seems to come through is when there is good staff well being, it's when someone has your back when they know that there is someone in school yeah. that has, has their back. Um, and often that's SLT, that's what we would love. And I think what you're alluding to is that that absolute part of um, importance of well-being is that someone's got your back. And yeah. it may be, as a mental health thing, that is someone in another school that you yeah. can ring up and go, you know what, Oh, you know, and that they've got your back, that they support you and, you know, provide you with some, just even just a listening ear, that someone's got your back
2: absolutely and you know we do we do need that it's about bringing each other on most of us will be first generation mental health and wellbeing leads because you know it's a very new role in schools and so you know we all speak that same language don't we and yeah. it's really important that we connect with those people that understand what we're talking about and and really you know get what's going on with us and share our passions and get excited about the things that we're excited about yes
1: absolutely and thank you very much uh, Kerry for sharing your passion for you know being willing to share what you're doing at Malvern St James to to help others and you know I think what I love about being able to do this podcast is that there are people like yourself who are willing to do that so you know really appreciate your time today
2: it's my absolute pleasure I could talk about this all day long (laughs) (laughs) fantastic thanks so much
1: I do hope you've enjoyed this first episode from our second series. Go to Halcyon Education's website, so that's www.halcyon.education. There you will find some links that Kerry has recommended, a link to Bereavement UK document that I mentioned in the podcast, and the handout for this episode and the next episode has been generously shared by Cofton Primary. This is a post-COVID policy that they have developed in order to support mental health on pupils' return. You may recognise the school as they featured in one of our episodes in Series 1 on the Always Club. So the next episode will be about how to support students' mental health on their return to school. Take care.
0: We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. For more information and support on this topic, go to the resources section on the website. That's www.halcyon.education.com forward slash podcasts.